Uh, take your Bibles this morning, please. Turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, please. Uh, we're continuing looking at this uh, portion of Matthew that runs from about the beginning of chapter 8 to the beginning of chapter 10. And it comes right on the heels of the Sermon on the Mount where Christ uh, preached uh, so much truth regarding uh, the coming kingdom. And uh, it's been called, as, as you recall, sort of a constitution for the kingdom, if you will. And, of course, Christ will, will be king who will reign uh, supreme uh, in that thousand-year time. And uh, the next couple of chapters, this, this section that we've been looking at in recent weeks, been called the proof of the king. Uh, so we, we, we've seen the king and his kingdom, and now the proof of the proof that Christ has chosen to employ to, to prove his identity, who he is, his kingship, his power, uh, his authority. And we've seen him do that in a variety of different ways. We've seen his power and authority over afflictions. Aren't you glad for that, church? Carolyn, aren't you glad for that? The power and authority of your Savior over afflictions. Amen. It's, it's real. It's real. And if you're, not, if you're not sure about that, ask Carolyn. We've seen his power and authority over nature. Uh, he, he's a God that can calm the storms and, and settle the waves. We've seen his power and authority over demons. And I don't know if that's one that we've thought an awful lot about, but uh, having done that, I'll, I'll bet this morning that you're thankful. You're thankful for that. Brother Abe, Metchik, we're in a real spiritual battle, right? And I understand the Lord has allowed demons to have a certain degree of liberty for his purposes at this time, but no more than he permits. I'm thankful for that this morning. Uh, we've seen the Lord's power and authority to forgive sin, and aren't you glad for that this morning? Uh, we've seen his power and authority to call men. Uh, we saw the, the calling of, of Matthew, uh, and last week, of course, we saw his power and authority over death. Uh, over death. He, he raised that, that ruler's daughter from dead. And I'm going to say this morning, that's a pretty powerful Savior, amen? That, that, that's a powerful Savior. Uh, I understand this morning that all of us are going to experience the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ over the grave, amen? If I die before the rapture, uh, I don't know if I will, by the way, amen, but if I die before the rapture, I know that at the rapture, he's going to exercise his full power and his full authority to raise my body and to perfect it and to catch it away to him. Is that your hope? Is that your hope? That's my hope. And remember, Bible hope is a certain hope, right? We're 100% certain of that. Those that have turned to Christ and placed their faith in him, you're forgiven, and that's your hope. Boy, we have, a, we have an awful lot of hope this morning. Well, this morning we see some of the same ideas as we get to kind of the end of the section. In some ways, a bit of a summary of the things that we've seen. But the Lord does add some new elements to it here this morning, and so I don't, I, I don't want to skip over it. That's, that's never a good thing, right? Rich, if the Lord has given a, a, a passage of Scripture, we will make sure that we don't skip over it. It has great value, uh, all of it. Would you stand, if you're able to this morning, I'd like to ask you to stand this morning if you're able to, uh, and I want to read here in Matthew 9 from verse 27, almost said chapter 27, Rich, verse 27. I want to read down through the balance of the chapter. We'll look at uh, the first verse of chapter 10 as well, the first verse here uh, of chapter 10. Here's uh, what we see here this morning, beginning in Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 27. The Bible says, When Jesus departed thence, 
two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, evidently they knew who he was, have mercy on us. Verse 28, when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, both of them, and Jesus said unto them, both of them, believe ye that I am able to do this. They understood. They said unto him, yea, yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your what, church? According to your faith, be it unto you, both of them grammatically, and their eyes were open. Praise God, that's a, that's a great miracle. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. He told them not to tell anyone. Evidently, they were too excited to obey. Verse 31, but when they were departed, spread his fame in all that country. Verse 32 continues, when they went out, behold, they brought him a dumb man, one who was unable to speak, evidently because he was possessed uh, with a devil. Verse 33, and when the devil was cast out, evidently by Christ, amen, the dumb man spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying it was never seen uh, in Israel. They'd never seen their Messiah perform a miracle like that before. But the Pharisees said, and, and this doesn't even make sense, look at what they said in verse 34. The Pharisees said he cast out devils through the prince of devils. We'll, we'll consider that. It's nonsensical. Verse 35, Jesus, then he went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing, what's the next word there? every sickness and every disease among the people. And verse 36 says this, but when the multitudes went, sorry, when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with what church? Compassion. Zach, that was your word, right? Uh, their hurt in his heart, their needs in his heart. He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Uh, perhaps believers without a pastor. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And he gives an authoritative command here in verse 38. This is a command. He says, pray, what's the next word? Ye, ye. All, all of you, all of us, pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into, what's the last two words there? His harvest, his harvest. Thank you for your help. Uh, we'll stop there. Uh, I said I'd read verse, chapter 10, verse one. When he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Okay, we'll stop there. Uh, let's bow our heads, please. Father, thank you. Thank you so much this morning for uh, this passage. Lord, uh, I pray this morning that we'll be encouraged once again today uh, at the identity, the power, and authority of Christ. Father, I thank you this morning that there's no question at all biblically Christ uh, is your only begotten Son. He's the Messiah. He's our only Savior. He's our Savior, the only way to be made right with you. Lord, I thank you this morning for these wonderful reminders of his absolute authority and complete power over all things. Lord, things that prove who he is, King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who will reign in the coming millennium. 
Lord, thank you this morning for the encouragement that we find here. I pray that you help us to take it in as just that this morning. Lord, this morning, if we've allowed ourselves to be discouraged, I pray that we confess that and say, Lord, help, help me, help me uh, to just keep my eyes focused upon you and your words and to draw encouragement from them. Lord, I pray you give us grace to do that this morning. Help me now, Father, please. Lord, I need your help this morning. I pray for it. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, I, I just marvel at, at the power and authority of Christ. And, you know, it's something, obviously, we've been talking about for some weeks, and it's something that we know intellectually. But when you read these passages and, and you study through them, it's just jaw-dropping, right? I mean, th this actually happened, Brother Steve. These, these aren't, I know we know that, but it's good to remind ourselves of that. Uh, the Lord actually did instantly and completely restore sight to two blind men just like that. That's, that's extraordinary. Uh, that, that's amazing. And it was on the basis of their faith. And boy, we can take great, great encouragement from, from the power of Christ this morning. Look here with me, please, back in verse 27. We see here, uh, yes, the Lord demonstrated his power and authority over blindness. I believe this is the first time in, in this passage that we've seen him heal uh, two people at the same time, uh, two people, four eyes, all at once. It's a great demonstration of his power. Why don't you see here how these two uh, blind men, um, how they uh, approach Christ, how they address Christ. Look again in verse 27. The Bible says, when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him. Do you wonder even how, how did they do that? And the, the followed by voice, I, I don't know how they did that, uh, but they were able to do that. They were able to follow after him despite their affliction. Uh, and, and they chose to do that despite their affliction. That's uh, there was an earnest desire to get to Christ. Uh, and I believe this morning that evidence is a great faith on their part. Despite the difficulty of, of trying to follow after someone, uh, not being able to see, I can only imagine how difficult that could be or how dangerous even that might be. Uh, these two men followed him. They, they followed after him and they were crying out to him uh, and saying, how do they address him here? Thou what? What do they say? What do they say? Verse 27, saying, thou, son of David. That's, that's an extraordinary statement. These two blind, they knew who he was. Uh, if, if they're addressing him as son of David, they're saying, hey, we understand that the Messiah, when, when he would come, uh, he, he would come as a descendant of David. He would come as a, uh, a rod of Jesse, as the branch, uh, as he's called uh, in, in Isaiah. Uh, they, they clearly, evidently, in the way they addressed him, they understood who he was. And, uh, and that's why they're, they're, they're doing all they can despite their affliction, despite their, despite their blindness. They're, they're following after him and, and crying out after him. Uh, they have a great faith in the one that they know is their Messiah. Uh, and, and so they, they, they have a request. <laughs> it's not a demand. They, they cry out, have mercy on us. What a wonderful request. What, what a humble request. Of course they want to be healed. They want to have vision uh, restored. No, no doubt they, they want to have that, but, but they, they understand who they're following after and who they're crying out to. This is the Son of God, and so they're not going to make a demand of him, but they'll cry out, Lord, if, Lord, if you would please have mercy on us. Uh, they understood uh, who he is, 
Uh, and is the Lord Jesus Christ merciful? Is, has, he, <laughs> has he ever shown you any mercy? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, th- consider how holy God is and how not holy we have been at times. Amen. Uh, and, and for the Lord not to just strike us down at any point, what, what, a, what a wonderfully, unbelievably merciful God we know. And of course, that kind of mercy is possible because of Christ and the cross. Uh, how many of your uh, most horrific sins are forgiven this morning, church? Anybody ever, anyone ever commit a horrific sin? You don't have to raise your hand. Pastor, I did this, I did that. We had someone confess a terrible sin in, in an evening serviceable time. It was terrible. Don't, don't do that. But it may, and don't even dwell on the most horrific thing you've ever done. But, but uh, are all of your most horrific sins forgiven? How much? 100%, 98%, somewhere in there? Uh, completely, amen. Paid in full, uh, price due for them, paid in full by Christ absolutely covered by his blood. Praise God. Uh, it's on that basis that, that great mercy is extended to us. And uh, it's, it's the son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Uh, these, these men understood he, he would soon die for them. Uh, and he was able to, ex, to, to be, to extend mercy to them if, if he chose to. Uh, in the form of healing them if, if he chose to. We, we know he can, uh, and he did. See, see his response first, though, in, in verse 28. Uh, he, the Lord desires that they would come expressing faith, uh, not, just, not just a desire for healing. By the way, did Christ know if they were coming in faith or not? Did he know that? He did. He absolutely did. He's, he's omniscient. He knows, uh, he knows all things. Praise him for that. Uh, keep that in mind, too. Lord, you know my thoughts, the good and the bad and the ugly. Uh, and again, when, when the ugly thoughts come, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the blood that covers that, that ugly thought. Help me to take that captive and put it out of my mind, Lord, for you. Uh, the Lord knew their thoughts. He, he knew whether or not they came in faith. And yet he, um, he asked them a question. Hey, do you believe that I can do this? Are, are you coming, putting your faith in and, and committing to me and trusting in me, uh, really leaning on me in, in faith that I could do this? Um, he asked this question, not because he wants to, I, I think it's so that this will be inscripturated here. Matthew is uh, Matthew's going to inscripturate this conversation to us. The Lord wants us to see that faith is the basis of the thing here. They, they had to come wanting more than just to be healed. They had to come expressing. They had to come with faith in their hearts. Uh, if, if you're coming to Christ, you come in faith. Amen. There's, there's no other way. Uh, we come with an understand. We come to him with an understanding. Hey, I'm a sinner. Uh, sin has separated me from a holy God. Christ is the only way. And so there's a change of mind about our sin, repentance, and a desire to come to him in faith for forgiveness and whatever mercy he would choose to extend toward it. That's, that's how it works. And Christ wants us to see this. So he doesn't ask the question to find out the information. He asks the questions so that these truths would be uh, revealed and and, and inscripturated here. Verse 28, when he was coming to the house, the blind men uh, came to him. By the way, I don't know what house this is. It could be Matthew's house. It could be a home that that Christ stayed in uh, when he was at Capernaum. Remember, that became kind of a second home to him uh, after he was 
forcibly ejected from Nazareth, which was his childhood home. That happened twice. It could be Matthew's home. It could be the place where he stayed when he was in Capernaum. When he was coming to the home, the blind men, both of them, came to him and said, uh, Jesus, and Jesus saith unto them, there we go, believe, it's a question, believe ye, both of you, that I'm able to do this. Church, do you believe? Do you believe that he's able to do this? Yeah, of course we do. We, we know he did. We know he can. Uh, and, and they said, very simply in verse 28, they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus, Master. You, you bet we do. We, we believe. We're, we're coming in faith uh, that you can do this. Uh, verse 29, here's the Lord's response. He touched, uh, he t then touched he, there we go, then touched he, uh, their eyes, must bend one hand on, on each man, uh, I would think. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your what? Your faith, uh, be it unto you. Uh, and their eyes were what? Their eyes were open. And I, I think, I think it mean, in context here, it means more than they just opened their eyes. It means that they were suddenly able to see. Can you even imagine the joy that those men must have experienced? They were blind. <laughs> they, they had been blind. Um, and, and now they're not. Uh, just like that, boom. Uh, no surgery required. Zach, praise God, right? Eye surgeries, we're thankful for them, but they're better avoided. Uh, no surgery required. Uh, no medicine required. No long time period required. Lord put his hands on them and just he willed that they went from blind to sighted just like that. Do you have a powerful Savior this morning? Do you have a powerful Savior? Boy, is he just as powerful today as he was on that day? Yes, he is. Can he still do great miracles in our life today, church? Can he? He absolutely can, and he does. Uh, do we doubt that sometimes? Yes, we do. Lord, help us. Forgive us. Lord, help us to, to have th this kind of faith that you can do anything that you choose to do. Lord, help us to really get a hold of that. And, and Lord, help us to pray big, faithful prayers. Amen. Do you pray big, faithful prayers? Do you? Do you? Carolyn, I'll bet you've been praying big, faithful prayers. Lord, strengthen me. Uh, Lord, heal me. Strengthen me. Help me to get up and around again. He's answered a, a big, faithful prayer. That's been my big, faithful prayer. Uh, praise God. He, he, Lord, Lord, help us to have this kind of faith uh, and, and, and to exercise that faith prayerfully, asking you for, you know, according to your will, Lord, to do great things. Uh, Lord, help us to walk with great faith that you're a God who is able to keep your promises. Uh, by the way, if God has, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, has this kind of power, if he has this kind of power, this kind of authority over all the things that we've seen, does it make any sense to ever be afraid of anything? Does it? Maybe him, <laughs> the Lord, but should we walk around all kinds of anxious and worried all the time? Church, does it make any sense at all? If you have a, if you have a Savior who has this kind of power and authority over all the things that we've seen, does it make any sense for God's people to walk around and all, and all anxious and worried about everything all the time? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. When we do that, we're basically saying, whether we intend it or not, Lord, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you have this power and authority to help me in this part of my life, in this part of my life, in this part of my life. If you have faith in, in the Lord, if you understand his power and authority, you can have a, a great deal of faith 
Uh, and then you just realize it doesn't make sense to worry. And when we do, we can go back to the Lord and say, hey, Lord, I, I recognize now it didn't make sense to worry. I confess that as sin. Uh, I, I'm going to in, instead choose to place my faith uh, in, in, in your ability to keep all of your promises. You, I see in your word that you have complete power and authority over all things. And, and therefore, I'm, Lord, I cho- I'm going to choose to trust you for my needs and, and not to worry. Uh, and Lord, I'm going to ask you also to help me to do that. Amen? And he does. And, and he does. Marilyn, isn't that good? <laughs> Lord... I'm, I'm going to ask you for grace to, to not worry and to trust you because I can see in your word who you are and what you're like. Uh, worrying just doesn't make any sense at all. Both of the blind men expressed faith in the Lord and he put his hands upon them and he healed both of their eyes uh, immediately. Uh, and then he charged them, uh, verse 30, he, he, Jesus, uh, next part of verse 30, Jesus straightly charged them. He commanded them. Uh, again, his authority, he, he alone has this kind of authority to command them. He charged them saying, see that no man know it. Uh, why? Well, we've talked about this before, right? Lord, uh, at this point in his ministry, did not desire that his miracles would be uh, broadly advertised. He, it, he wasn't yet at this point in his ministry where he wanted this to be widely known. Eventually he would. Uh, eventually these things would be inscripturated and, and, and published throughout the world and, and across time, but uh, it was not time yet. And so the Lord says, see, the, no man, no, don't, don't tell anyone. Uh, but they, when they departed, spread abroad his fame in, in all that country. Did they disobey, Zach? Did they disobey him? He said, don't tell anyone, and, and they told. <laughs> in, in that moment, they, they did. And you can look at that and say, well... <laughs> They, they disobeyed in that moment, but boy, imagine how excited they must have been. God ever do anything great for you, church? Did the Lord ever do anything great for you? Amen? Uh, did you ever tell anyone about it? Did you, did you ever do anything so great for you, you just had to tell someone? Let me tell you what God did for me. By the way, he has done things that great for you, and our heart should be to tell people. Amen? And just stop to think, what, 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 what has God done for me today? Who can I tell? Don't keep it to yourself. Jesus is not commanding us to keep it to ourselves, amen? This was a temporary thing for that day, not for today. Uh, when, when the Lord does something great for you, tell somebody, amen? Tell each other. You'll be an encouragement to each other. Find a lost person and tell them, hey, I'm going to tell you what God has done for me. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay, now let me tell you how you can know him also. Okay, maybe I'll listen because you know what? I need something great in my life also. Uh, that, that kind of conversation can open doors. Uh, these men were excited. They couldn't contain themselves. I'm not making excuses for them, but I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. There's always, a, there's always an explanation for sin, but there's never an excuse. They, they were guilty of disobeying the Lord here. Uh, but I understand. I understand. Let's, let's go on here. The Lord heals these men. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> before we go on... Um, before the Lord healed these men, did he know that they would disobey him? Did he know that they would disobey him right on the heels of, of him healing all four of their eyes? Pastor, was some psych? No. Did, did he know? He did know. And yet he healed them anyway. We have a gracious Savior, amen? He did, you could argue they didn't deserve that. Yes, they came in faith, but they were going to disobey him immediately. Well, 
our disobedience is, is not the basis for our salvation, amen? It's not. It's, it's faith, faith, faith. Yes, we're called to obey him, but uh, the Lord knew before he healed them that they would disobey, and yet he healed them anyway according to their faith. He's a gracious God. He's a gracious Savior. Please don't forget that. Please don't forget how gracious the Lord. Don't, don't, please don't make that a license to sin. But when you have, remember, you, there's, you can always come back to him and confess, always. He, he is a perfectly gracious Savior. Uh, his blood has been shed at the cross to make all that possible for us. Number two this morning, Christ, uh, he again demonstrates his power and authority over demons. The Lord has seen fit to show us this a couple of times in, in this part of the scripture, so we're gonna see it a couple of times too. Uh, why is it here a couple of times? Well, it's, it's important and he wants us, he wants to make sure that we, we have a hold of this idea that, that he has perfect authority over demons. And uh, in the world today, we, we do well to be reminded of this uh, a couple of times. You see here, um, so the Lord has just healed um, two men who are blind and now he'll heal a man who's called dumb, the word evidently unable to speak, unable to speak. Uh, and in this case, we see that uh, this affliction is the consequence of having been possessed by a devil. Now, this is not to say that the Bible associates all illness with demonic activity. It, it doesn't. It's, that's not the case. But sometimes, evidently, it is the case. Sometimes, uh, affliction is, is caused by demonic activity, but we take great care not to say, oh, you know, that's always the case, and so whenever somebody's sick, you have to address, no, that's, that's not the case. But in this case, we know this man was suffering, uh, being unable to speak because a demon was preventing him from being able to speak. Look at verse 32 again, please. When they went out, behold, they brought him a dumb man possessed with a devil. Um, verse 33 says, when the devil was cast out, the dumb man what? He spake. <laughs> Amen. Uh, now, it doesn't say specifically that, that Christ cast it out, but certainly it seems like that's, that's the situation here. Uh, Christ has just healed a man who's uh, two men unable to see. Now there's a man who's unable to speak. Certainly would seem to be the case uh, that, that Jesus is the one who accomplished this. Uh, and as, as soon as he casts out that devil, evidently he casts out the devil immediately, and as soon as the devil was cast out, this man, this demon, uh, the man was able to speak. I want us to see the response here again. Uh, verse 30, next part of verse 32 says this, the multitudes marveled. Uh, can I encourage you please to, to never forget to marvel at the Lord's power? Please, can could I, could I remind us and encourage us this morning? Please don't ever forget to marvel at the Lord's power. It's not a normal thing, amen. It's normal for him, but I mean, it's, it's miraculous. It's truly miraculous. I mean, we use that language kind of lightly sometimes, but uh, we ought to look at these things and, and marvel and, and praise the Lord and, and worship. But sometimes I think when, when these passages become so familiar to us, we, we forget the marvel of it all and, and just how miraculous these things are and, and, and how much it points to the power and authority of, of Christ and, and, and how much that demands that we praise him and, and worship him and glorify him. Don't let these things become... Uh, 
less than they should be in your mind as you, as you gain more familiarity with these things. Remember to marvel and, and praise and, and worship the Lord. The multitudes marveled, saying it was never so seen in Israel. I understand God has done a lot of miracles for his people over, over their long history, but uh, these, these particular people say, hey, we've never seen anything like this before. Uh, this is truly extraordinary. And it is. It's truly extraordinary. Uh, it absolutely is. But, verse 34, uh, and, and, and you know, when you see that word, but, you know, something opposite, something different is going to follow, right? That's, that's that pivot point, that, that key word that you can circle and say, okay, they're marveling, but, uh, you know, something different must be happening over here. And sure enough, it was. The Pharisees, those who always oppose Christ at every opportunity, uh, these religious legalists that wielded so much power uh, in, in the Jewish uh, hierarchy, the system of the day. Uh, the Pharisees said, and they're going to try to discredit him here. By the way, if you're going to try to discredit someone, you should probably try to say something credible. Amen? You could try to discredit someone, Mar Marilyn, you wouldn't do that. But you should say something credible. Say something that makes sense at least. If you're going to try to discredit someone... Uh, later on, the Sadducees and the Pharisees both tried to discredit Christ by asking him questions that they thought there were no answers to. Remember, the Sadducees asked him, hey, uh, this, this person who's married and divorced a bunch of times, uh, who's she going to be married to in heaven? They thought there was no good answer for that. Christ came out, he gave an answer, didn't he? He's, he's always got an answer, and it was a perfectly good answer. Uh, if you're going to try to discredit someone, try, try to be credible. Their, their accusation here is not credible. It doesn't make any sense. The Pharisee said, he casteth out devils through the prince of devils. Uh, they're saying, hey, this guy here, th th this Jesus, uh, he's using the power of Satan to cast out demons. Does that make sense to you? Why would Satan cast out demons? Those, uh, those fellow angels that rebelled against, they joined up with him in heaven and rebelling against the Lord and, and, and lost that, that battle uh, and were cast out of heaven. Uh, why, 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 would, why would Christ call upon the power of Satan uh, to cast out devils or demons? It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, turn to Mark 3. Keep your place here, but turn over to Mark 3. Uh, Mark has a passage here. I don't, I don't think it's referring to the exact same time, uh, the exact same um, situation, but... Mark records a conversation where the scribes, and you know, they were usually married up to the Pharisees, um, they brought the same accusation against Christ. Uh, and he said, listen, what, what you're saying doesn't make any sense at all. This doesn't make any sense. Mark 3 in uh, verse 22. Mark 3 in verse 22. The scribes which came down from Jerusalem. Remember, Zach, you always come down, right, because of the topology. Uh, saith, he has Beelzebub, Satan, uh, and by the prince of devils casteth he out devils. Uh, and he called, Jesus called unto them and said unto them in parables. Uh, he says, how can Satan cast out Satan? Does that even make any sense? 
How could Satan cast out Satan? Does that make sense? He said, if a kingdom be divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. If a house be divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand uh, but hath an end. He said, that doesn't even make any sense what you're saying. Uh, Satan is not going to cast out Satan. Satan is not going to cast out demons. Demons are going to cast out each other. They're not going to cast out Satan, their leader. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And, and so here's the question. Why, why are these religious leaders, the scribes and Pharisees, why are, they, why are they trying to discredit Christ's power? Why are they working so hard? They, they've got themselves worked up into a frenzy where they're not even thinking clearly about how they're going to try to discredit him. Why is it so important to them that they, that they explain away his power and his authority? Why is that, church? Why is that? If they don't have a good answer for that, it must be he is who he says he is. Amen? If they can't explain away his power, it, would be, it must be that he's the Messiah. Would that make sense? If they, can't, if they can't come up with some kind of explanation, oh, that's satanic power. We, we know demonic power. We, 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 and they did. They, they knew that. Uh, they, they, they knew that the, the man in the tombs and the power that he had, they, they, they had witnessed satanic power. They, they knew about demonic power, but it didn't make any sense that they make this accusation against Christ. Um, why would they do that? Well, if he has this kind of power and authority over all things, he must be the son of God. He must be the Messiah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I posted something online yesterday, something like this. Those that deny the power of Christ uh, have no authority to diminish his power. Amen. That you can't do any harm to Christ or to his power by denying it. You could deny anything you want. He's still Christ. Amen. He's still God the Son. He's, he's still, he's still uh, how do they, the son of David. <laughs> he's, still, he's still God the Son. He's still the creator of all things. He's still the one who made everything. He's the one that made us. He's still the one that went to the cross, who, was buried, who died and who was buried and, and who rose again. He's still the one sitting at the right hand of the Father. You, he's all power. Nothing that anyone says can change that. Amen? Isn't that good? Uh, they could say all they want. They could accuse. They, they needed some way of explaining it away, but there wasn't a way. There was no way. Uh, to explain it away. The world will make all kinds of efforts to explain away the power of Christ. People are deceived, they'll say. You know, you, you Baptists, you, you go to church and read your Bible. Some of you go three times a week. You're deceived. Uh, no, actually, sorry, but you're deceived. Amen? We're, are, are anybody here deceived? If you open your Bible, you can read it and understand it. You're not deceived. <laughs> Amen? Um, Lord, help us. Lord, help us to reach people who would deny your power. Um, if, if there's a way for people to deny Christ's power, they can deny his identity uh, and make an argument that they're not accountable to him. But there is no legitimate way to deny his power. There's no legitimate way to deny his identity, and everybody is accountable to him. Amen? Lord, help us to use your words to prove these, these truths to people who, who so desperately need to know the truth. Look at verse 35, please. It's a, it's a good summary of uh, what we've been seeing. Verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom, uh, the gospel of the kingdom, uh, alluding back to those things that he had taught in the Sermon on the Mount, looking ahead to the kingdom. He's, you know, he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom, offering his kingdom to, the, to these Jewish people and others, uh, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. There was no sickness, no disease that was greater than Christ. Every, one of, every illness, every disease uh, fell to his power at, at his will. And there was no denying this. I mean, you, you could say, oh, that didn't really happen over there, that thing. But, but he went around healing many, many times. And we, John tells us at the end of his gospel, there's so much that couldn't even be written down. Uh, the Lord healed repeatedly. And there was no denying his power and his authority. It proves who he is. It proves what he's like. It proves that men are accountable to him. Uh, and it proves that, boy, we, we need to be in the business of getting these truths out to people that so desperately need them. And that seems to be the, the application that Christ makes beginning in verse 36. We'll look at these last few verses here and, and we'll be done. Maybe may a little early today. We'll see. Um, Lastly, this morning, I want you to see this. Christ, he, he exercises his power and authority to command prayer and, and to command specific prayer, specific prayer. So this is authoritative command given by Christ who's proven himself uh, through these last several, last couple of chapters. He, um, he's made the case for who he is, and, and now people need to know. People need to know. As he's compassion first, verse 36, when he saw the multitudes, multitudes had come following after him, desiring, no doubt, healing, and he's moved with compassion on them. Again, he's, he's a compassionate savior. It's one amazing thing, creator of all things, has compassion toward us. That's extraordinary. Lord, thank you. Uh, it was he moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as shepherd having no sheep. People having such great needs, but no, no shepherd. See, his concern, verse 37, he said unto his disciples, as he looks out across the sea of people, he says the harvest, he sees them as sort of a field uh, ready for harvest, a field of people uh, ready to be won to Christ and to follow him, but who will need to be led to him and then led as believers. He said the harvest truly is plenteous. There's a great number of people out there who might be one to Christ and who might be led in their walk with him, but there's a problem. What's the problem? He says, but the what? What does he say there? The laborers are few. <laughs> the laborers are few. There's few to reach them, few to take these truths about who Christ is and what he's like uh, and, and how to be saved by grace through faith. There's, there's, there's so few who are available, able, and willing, that's really it, willing to go and, and share these truths. None of these truths that we've seen here in the recent weeks are hard to understand. They're not difficult to express. The gospel's not difficult to teach. Uh, not at all. If, if you can read through a few verses, you could share the gospel. You could tell people that they're sinners, show them that, you know, not beat them up with that, but reveal that to them graciously 
and show them the consequence, separation from Christ and eternal hell, and show them the solution, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You, any, any of us can do that. Any of us can do that. But uh, Jesus says the laborers are few. That remains true today um, in, in, in large part. Uh, and so the Lord here gives a solution. It was a solution for his day during his uh, earthly ministry as it's getting toward an end here. It's a solution for this day also. More laborers, of course, are, are the answer. People willing to go and tell uh, the truths that they have learned um, about Christ and the gospel, sin and the gospel. Pe more labor, more who will labor, who will go and do the work of telling others is the answer. But uh, so often the churches lack people who are uh, enough people who are willing to do that. And so Jesus says, listen, here, here's what you need to do. And it's not just a solution. It's a command, right? It's the solution, but, but he commands it. Uh, what is the first word of verse 38? What is it? Pray. It's a command. It's a command. Uh, and, and who is commanded to pray? What's the second word of verse 38? What is it? Ye. <laughs> Grammatically, all, all of them and, and all of us. He says, listen, there's, there's lots of people out there that can be one to Christ. It was true then, and even though it doesn't often look that way, it's still true. There's lots of people out there who can be one to Christ. I know many aren't interested, but there's, there's people out there who can still be one to Christ. And so we need help to do that. We need help to do that. And in order to get people up and out onto the field uh, where the labor uh, is needed because the harvest is truly plenteous, it's going to take prayer. And it's going to take the prayer of all the church uh, to get more of the people up and out of the church into the field where people can be one. He says, pray ye therefore. Who is the one that we pray to, church? That's not a trick question. Who do we pray to? We pray to God, the Father, right? In the name of Christ, with hearts that are yielded to the Spirit of God, uh, led of the Spirit. He says, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Do you notice everything about that is about the Lord? Amen. It's, it's every, everything about that is about the Lord. The only thing that people are doing in that verse are praying, Lord, <laughs> God, Father, would you please send, would you send your laborers into your harvest? Uh, would you send them forth in, into your harvest? It's not our harvest. Uh, it's, it's, I, know, I know we want to win church. Do we want to win people to Christ, see them uh, baptized and discipled and, and then win more? Yes, we do. Uh, we want them to come into our church. Yes, we do. Uh, but you know what? It's God's church. Amen. It's God's church uh, and it's his harvest. Uh, and we belong to him. <laughs> We're his laborers. It's his harvest out there to be had. Uh, and he's the one that sends. And I think so often one of the reasons that we don't have the, all, all the help that we should have, and that this is true in so many churches, is that we don't have the right kind of prayer. 
Uh, the pastor prays, people go out and, and work to win people to Christ, but it's, uh, pastor is not ye, all of us, is, all of us are the ye. <laughs> Lord, help us to be people who would pray, who would pray that you would send more laborers out to share these truths that we've, we've seen here in recent weeks that we understand, they're not hard. Uh, you've given us the words with which to share uh, with which to do the labor, uh, Lord, help, Lord, you send, you send, you send. Who are the people that he's ultimately going to send? Who are the people that the Lord ultimately is going to send? Who are the people? Somebody, are, they, are they somewhere else? Who, who is the pool of people that the Lord is going to send out to reach the lost? We are. It's not people out there. It's people in here. It, that's, that's the fact. That's the fact. Um, Lord, <laughs> we are the pool of people <laughs> that, that you may call. I understand he's called all of us. The Great Commission is, is given to all of us. Um, Lord, help us to be prayerful that you would send us out and then go as you lead, as you call. And, and Lord, to go um, in your power. How much power is that? That's a great power. It's all the power that we've seen Christ exercising in chapter 8, chapter 9, the beginning of chapter 10. Uh, you, you go called of, the, of Christ and, and uh, sent of the Father in, in the power that's available to us that we've seen uh, in these last several messages. There's a lot of power. Um, we go in the power that Paul and Barnabas went. If you're, if you're listening into our Sunday School lessons, I encourage you to do that. Catch up if, if you haven't. Um, you, you go with power and, and authority uh, and boldness uh, from Christ with his leading and uh, the, the power, uh, unbridled power of the Spirit of God. Uh, when, when a church gets serious about doing that, can the Lord accomplish some things? He can. He can. What a joy it would be to see more people go into the harvest. We were out, uh, it began to rain as we were going out to hit some houses yesterday. And so I said, why don't we, why don't we go to Stop and Shop and we'll just kind of camp at either door. We weren't really sure if people would be receptive or not. But uh, some people weren't very receptive, but some were. Amen? Some were, and some gladly took Scripture. By the way, our Scripture assembly it will be rescheduled. You saw that in the email. It will be rescheduled um, for July. Okay, we'll get you that new date very soon, so be aware of that, please. But some people gladly took Scripture. One man pointed a garbage can and said, put mine in there. All right, you know, there's, there's a whole sea of people out here. <laughs> fine, if that's, that's your heart, fine. There's others that <laughs> can be one. Um, we can reach some people. We can reach some people. It will take prayer, and it will take laborers. And um, the time is short. It is short. Lord, help us. Let's stop there and pray. Father, thank you this morning for the wonderful encouragement of these chapters. We have a Savior who is so powerful uh, who is at work in our lives. Lord, thank you so much 
Father, I pray that we take great encouragement from that, that we be people who pray big prayers and people who take steps of faith as you lead us to. Lord, it's clear here that one of the steps of faith is, is sharing our faith. Lord, it can be a scary thing. I certainly understand that. We, we're, we feel inadequate, but Lord, we know from your word that we're not. We have you, we have your words, and we have a, a harvest uh, that is possible because of you. Lord, you've called us to the great work of taking these great truths to a great number of people. Lord, I understand we, we see each time there are some who just aren't interested, some who are not yet ready to receive truth, but Lord, we know there's many out there who are. And so, Lord, I pray this morning, I pray this morning that you would send laborers into your harvest. Lord, that you would send forth laborers from this assembly, more of us, uh, into your harvest. I pray, Lord, as we do, that we'd not fear, but we would go in, in great faith, Lord, knowing that we're walking according to your will, uh, and according to and in uh, your power, uh, for your pleasure and your purposes. Lord, I thank you this morning that you're a God who blesses that you're a God who blesses as we go. Thank you so much for that. Lord, I pray this morning for um, people who have great needs, and of course, that's all of us. Lord, I pray this morning for um, Art, for Gary, for Carolyn, for Brother Richard Ford, and thank you that his wife is able to be here today. Lord, we love her and appreciate her. Father, there's so many that have such great needs. Lord, I pray this morning that we remember that you are always present. Lord, that you have the power to comfort all the way through trials. Lord, that you have the power to lift trials when your purposes are accomplished. Lord, I pray this morning for each one who is facing a trial of any kind. Lord, I pray we not be discouraged, but be reminded that you have purposes and that your power is available to us in each and every trial. Lord, that you do not leave us, you do not forsake us ever, never, ever, but you are accomplishing your purposes. Lord, you're a God who has authority to do that and power to do that. I pray this morning that we simply yield ourselves to you and say, Lord, work in my life any way you choose, any way you choose. Lord, help me to be your laborer. Lord, help me to be your laborer. Give you a moment to pray. Zach will come and lead us in a closing song. We'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you this morning for being the God who you are, an omnipotent, omnipresent God. Lord, thank you. I pray that we take great encouragement from these truths, and Lord, that our heart is to be obedient to you in your power, in your strength, in your grace. Father, thank you again for all the ladies in our church, the moms and others. Lord, thank you for their faithfulness to you. 
Lord, I, I'm so encouraged by them. And I, I, I thank you and ask you to bless them this morning. Father, I love you today. I thank you for the privilege to serve you. Thank you for each and every person who's out today uh, here in church. I pray you bless each one. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Zach's going to come and lead us in a closing song. Zach Hammond, are you going to preach tonight? You're going to preach for us tonight? No, normally, if someone was going to graduate in the next day or two, we'd preach a message to